Hi guys, I just want to take this opportunity to express my heartfelt thanks for all the support and encouragement you've shown to Brutal Ends. Sadly, this week's episode will be the last. It's with a mixture of sadness and excitement that I've had to make this really, really difficult decision. In recent weeks, my career has gotten a boost in some really surprising directions. And while these opportunities are exciting and I'm very much looking forward to where it will lead, I'm no longer in a position to produce regular episodes of Brutal Ends. I truly appreciate all of your support for the podcast while it was up and running. I'm going to miss the work a lot. I'm going to miss the community and, of course, all of you. Thank you, and I wish you all the best. And now, the final episode of Brutal Ends, Metal Fang, the Kazakhstani Cannibal. One more thing. In this episode, a lot of the names of people and places are Russian, and as you may have guessed, I don't speak Russian, so I apologize if I don't get the pronunciations correct. I'm really trying. And now, Metal Fang, the Kazakhstani Cannibal. Between the years of 1979 and 1980, Nikolai Jumagaliev took it upon himself to rid the world of prostitutes. He would hunt his victims, lure them to a secluded area of a park where he would stab, rape, and carve them up, taking the meat of his kills home to cook up and eat over the period of a month. By the time he was stopped, Metal Fang would claim at least seven victims and was suspected of many more. This is his story. Nikolai Jumagaliev was born on November 15, 1952, in Yuznagash, Kazakhstan. His father was a Kazakh and his mother Belarusian. He was the third of four children and the only son born to the couple. His family was poor but hardworking. He attended public school until completing the ninth grade. After that, he transferred into a railway school and was assigned to work in Adaro. He continued working and training at the railway school until 1970, when at the age of 18, he was conscripted into the Soviet army. He served in chemical defense at Samarkand, Uzbekistan. When his military service was completed, Nikolai applied to university but failed the entrance exams. He was also unsuccessful at becoming a truck driver. After achieving neither of his goals, he decided to travel the Soviet Union, taking on odd jobs as he moved. He visited the Ural Mountains, Siberia, Muranmansk, and others. Along the way, he changed professions as the opportunities arose. He worked as a sailor, a shipping forwarder, an electrician, and a bulldozer operator. By 1977, he had made his way around the country and had returned to Yuznagash and had begun working as a firefighter. He also contracted both syphilis and trichomoniasis that same year, and the STDs were not his only source of personal insecurity. Some years earlier, he had lost several of his front teeth. Since his family was poor, quality dental care was a hardship, and the result was that his teeth were not replaced with porcelain like most would have been. All his family could afford were cheap white enamel metal incisors. They would become the source of his moniker in the media later, Metal Fang. He had suffered years of teasing from his female counterparts for his poor status, lack of education, and cheap metal teeth. After contracting two STDs within a very short time frame, 
Nikolai had developed a deep-seated resentment of women. It was around this time that he decided it was his mission to rid the world of prostitutes. For those that knew him, Nikolai was considered to be well-spoken. He was clean-shaven, dressed nice, and not necessarily a loner, though he would keep relatively to himself. He was not exactly outgoing, but he did strive to meet women wherever he went out and would introduce himself freely to them. His slow-burning resentment of women went, for the most part, completely unnoticed, at least until 1979. The first to fall to Nikolai was a young woman chosen at random, who he observed walking alone along a rural path just outside the city. Of this first murder, his statement was, I always loved to hunt, often went hunting, but this was my first time hunting a woman. I went out on the Uzun Agach Maibulak track. I saw some young peasant woman. She was alone. I felt my heart pound within me, and I ran after her. Hearing my footsteps, she turned around, but I caught up with her and put my arm around her neck, dragged her to the side of the landfill. She resisted, and then I cut her throat with a knife. Then I drank her blood. At this point, from the village appeared a bus from the factory. I laid down on the ground and crouched next to the murder. While I was lying, my hands were cold. When the bus drove by, I warmed my hands on the woman's body and stripped her naked. I cut the corpse's breast into strips, removed the ovaries, separated the pelvis and hips. I then folded these pieces into a backpack and carried them home. I melted the fat to fry with, and some parts I pickled. Once, I put the parts through a meat grinder and made dumplings. I saved the meat for myself. I never served it to anyone else. Twice, I grilled the heart and the kidneys. Grilled meat, too, but it was tough, and I cooked it for a long time in its own fat. The meat of this woman took me a month to eat. The first time I ate human flesh was for power, and then I used it. In 1979, Nikolai committed six additional murders, all of which were hunted, lured and caught, raped, stabbed, and cannibalized. He was able to carry on his murderous habits without anyone in his life ever becoming suspicious. Ultimately, he was arrested for murder, but it was not because what he had done to any of these women. On August 21, 1979, he had gotten drunk and fatally shot a colleague by accident. While incarcerated, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. He was never properly treated and the condition remained severe. In less than a year, he was released again onto the streets of Yuznagash. Undaunted by his incarceration, he went on to commit three more murders, all without anyone ever suspecting him of anything. He had grown bold by this time, and this would prove to be his undoing. On December 18, 1980, Nikolai invited three friends, two men and a woman, to his home for a get-together. During the course of the evening, he took the woman into another room of his apartment. The two friends, wondering what was keeping him, peeked into the room Nikolai and the woman were in. They were so horrified by what they saw that they ran from the apartment and notified the police. There is some inconsistency in the reports here. Some sources say that Nikolai gutted the woman in the other room while the two men were in the apartment. When they discovered him smeared in blood and the body of their friend gutted on the floor, they fled. 
Other accounts say it was the police who found him smeared in blood, kneeling over the woman. Then other accounts say there was never a woman at the party. Instead, what happened was that the two men discovered the severed head of a woman along with intestines and organs being stored in the fridge. And it was this discovery that sent the men running to the police. Whichever the case, a murder victim had been discovered, two men ran in terror from a clearly insane Nikolai, and the police were notified. Knowing that he had to run or risk arrest, Nikolai took off to the mountains that night. He fled to his cousin's house and attempted to hide out there. The following morning, on December 19th, police tracked him down to the mountain cabin where his cousin lived. He was arrested and charged with murder. His trial was held on December 3, 1981. It was at the trial that he was declared to officially have committed seven murders, though he was suspected of up to 50 more. But because he had previously been diagnosed with schizophrenia, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was sent for compulsory treatment at a mental hospital in Tashkent, Uzbekistan. He spent eight years in the facility, and in 1989, while being transferred to another facility, he managed to escape. He even sent a letter from Moscow to a friend in an attempt to trick investigators into believing he had moved to Moscow and would begin killing there. He was actually hiding out and living in the mountains of Kyrgyzstan for almost two years. He was recaptured in April of 1991 in Fergana, Uzbekistan. Later, there were rumors that he had escaped again in 2015, but they were unsubstantiated. Nikolai Jumagaliev still resides in a mental institute in Tashkent and is not expected to ever be released. That's it for this week and for the show. Thank you again for listening and subscribing to Brutal Ends. It's been an adventure. I'm really going to miss all of this, the work, all of you, and the terrible and fascinating cases we've explored during these episodes. I wish it was as always, until next time. But instead, I must say goodbye and thank you.